This your boy Dre. And this your boy David. And we are the Perspective Podcast. So today we'll be talking about job recruitment. Today we will have Ashley Harris, a community outreach and employee engagement manager. Today our episode is brought to you by a hot toddy with crown peach and a whole lot of water, as you guys can see. Yeah. Dre, before we get started. Water. You vaccinated? Yeah, I'm vaccinated. You vaccinated? I'm vaccinated. What? what? Ashley, by any chance, are you vaccinated? I'm halfway there. Oh, she halfway there. Okay, so that's cool. We we gonna get her all the way there. That's what I like to talk about. Dre, anything you wanted to get off your chest before we get started today? No. Okay, there goes our witty banner, guys. So I guess we'll get right into the episode. Here we go. That's this, how this we do. Each and every time, you always try to throw me under the bus or ride backwards over it. Keep going. It's all good. So let me get through this intro, Ashley. Let me give you all of your props that you deserve. So Ashley Harris serves as the Community Engagement Manager for Worldwide Technology, a global systems integrator and supply chain solutions provider that brings an innovative and proven approach to how organizations, wow, that's a hard word, organizations around the world evaluate, architect, and implement technology. She believes that the most successful work environments welcome employees to be their full selves and continue their personal growth through community involvement and outreach. Ashley holds a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration from the University of Missouri and a Master of Business Administration from Webster University. Ashley, welcome to the Perspective Podcast. Ooh, thank you for having me. Who wrote that? That sounded really nice. You could tell that's one of our producers. They was Ooh. they was cutting, chopping, adding oh periods goodness. and stuff. I'm surprised it didn't end with period poo. That's how they talk. I mean, I would have liked that, too. I would have liked that, too. That was real good. That's good. So before we really get started, Ashley, tell us a little bit about, like, what do you do on a daily basis at work? Okay, so at work, I have two things that I really focus on. So one is community outreach. Um, So with that, I manage our Global Community Impact Program, which is really the philanthropic arm of the company. So with most large companies, they focus on giving back to the communities where they have a presence. And so that does not differ from my company. So I manage the relationships with our various community partners. I manage our philanthropic efforts, whether those are like day of caring or continued mentorship programs. So that is a piece of my job. The other piece of my job is employee engagement, which really overlaps with the community outreach portion. So I basically survey people, make sure they're happy. And sometimes I I hand out t-shirts. So that's that's what I do. Nothing like free t-shirts. So I need a shirt. I got you. Okay. I wear a medium. That's a really popular size, but I'm going to see what I can do. I'm not a big guy. (laughs) Get you a sleep shirt. Nah, (laughs) I'm not a big guy. I'm just tiny. So today, what we're really going to be focusing on the pandemic, it, changed the way that we live in many ways but one of the most pressing ones was hey i don't have a job or i'm underemployed Mm -hmm. or i'm working multiple jobs yeah and so we're trying to figure out and look at how are people uh adjusting to this new norm what can they do in this new norm to maybe come out on top yeah than what they were at yeah and the the pandemic has been really interesting as um you know from the employer side from the employee side i will say my company has done a really great job with securing jobs for all of our employees so we've actually been able to grow during this pandemic which is just a really unique situation and a blessing but we've also had to be really creative with ensuring those jobs. So basically what my company was able to do was look at some of those jobs that may have been affected by the pandemic and identify that early. So being proactive about it and not reactive about it. So understanding that some jobs may have been, you know, a little shaky and jeopardy, they reached out to some of those people to see where else they could contribute within the company to find them another role you know, that they could assume to make sure that, you know, they wouldn't be losing their jobs because of lack of work. So that's one thing. But I mean, with this time that we've had during the pandemic, um, there's been a lot of time to sit and to reflect. 
And what I've been advising my friends, my family, mentees is to really figure out what you want to do. Because, I mean, a lot of people end up in jobs that they don't like. And so (laughs) this is some time for you to figure out what it is that you want to do. And once you figure out what you want to do and how you want to contribute within a company, do you want to manage people? Do you want to be an individual contributor? You know, what is it that um, you want to do if you find yourself in a position where your job may be in jeopardy or there's um, some job security in question, you can start looking at those roles that you may have never even gone for. You can be a little bit more of a risk taker okay. in this time because, I mean, why not? So a question I would have for you, you've told us what worldwide technology has done for their employees, the current mm-hmm. employees. Yes. How has the pandemic affected recruitment? Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially early on, you know, a year ago, it was a little crazy. We didn't know what was going on, so we had to put some things on hold. However, you know moving through the pandemic, we've been able to start hiring again. And we've actually been able to secure work where we need additional resources. So we have some net new positions that are, you know, opening up. So we've seen growth within our company, which again, we understand that that's a very unique position to be in. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But we've been able to grow and not only, you know, just reflecting over some of the things that have happened over 2020, 2021, we have been very intentional around how we recruit um, some of our resources. So either targeting, um, you know, various schools, be it those HBCUs or um, Hispanic serving institutions, or shout out to the at, HSIs. Shout out, right? And or looking at technical training programs because in technology, something that's really, you know, people are starting to talk about, um, but didn't really talk about, at least, you know, when I was in school, maybe when you were in school, you know, there was always this idea that you needed this four year degree to yep. thrive in technology. And that's not mm-hmm. true. That's not true. So looking at some of these technical training programs where we can recruit this diverse talent, looking at different bridge programs for like those um, that'll be coming out of active duty military. There's a lot of pools of talent that we've been very intentional to tap into so we can create a pipeline of diverse employees within our company. So let's look at the traditional ways of getting a job and let's look at now from this day forth, what's going to make more sense? So you used to have career fairs, you have LinkedIn, you have Indeed, you have word of mouth. Um, in the old days, you used to have newspapers. Right, like that's how you that's how you used to find your jobs, yeah. ain't that right, David? Yup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. used to pull it out, mm-hmm. pull out the newspaper. You, you get your little black pen. You start circling. <laughs> You're like, okay, nah, they don't want this. Mm-hmm. But that was pre-pandemic. Post or uh, through the pandemic, Are companies still trying to go to a face-to-face career fair? So let me tell you something about career fairs. Career fairs are nasty, and they were nasty pre-pandemic, okay? Because you're shaking hands, people are nervous, they sweat. Wait, we used to get all hand sanitizer. We like hand sanitizer. Why are we giving you hand sanitizer? Because we want you to use it before you come shake our hands, okay? Mm -mm 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 -mm. Career fairs are. I mean. This is me speaking personally. No, you're, you're telling the truth. Yeah. I was a recruiter and I used to be like, oh, Lord, here they're comes a, college students. They're a little nasty, okay? Y'all, I'm sorry, college students, but yeah, y'all, don't, we know what y'all do with y'all. Shaking hands. Oh, so are the professionals. Okay. Don't just say college students. Yeah. I've been at college fairs and career fairs yeah. when, the, when the people been digging up their nose and pulling out wedgies and, and shaking know, hands. I, and I'm not even saying, you know, it's all boogers and booties, but I'm just saying that. Hashtag. It's just a lot of you I like know, that because boogers and booties. Boogers and booties. I'm just saying that you know you have just you shook my hand and now you're going to shake 20 other hands today and that's just a lot of sharing, if I will, if you will, right? So that so think about it then the the traditional career fair might be dead. So yeah, and we've actually been participating in virtual career fairs, which 
really fun. How do you make those fun though? It's like playing The Sims. Really? Yes. Hey, yeah. I could do that. It's I, like The I used Sims. To play the Sims. Mm-hmm. Never, I would say never thought about it that way. I it thought it would have been so boring. So much fun, and so we've done some career fairs where. They've like, we've been in ones where they let you make your avatar. You can pick your outfit. You can like make it customized to you. And you walk into the career fair and you can see the layout of all the booths similar to being in person. And what our recruiters do, they take turns in the chat room. You can set up um, scheduling times if you want to speak over video. And actually what it has done, which I'm a fan of, it has eliminated the barrier to entry. Mm. because especially when we're recruiting from some of these like bigger events, some of these bigger um, professional development events, everybody can't go to a conference. Everybody can't, you know, take this time to get over here and walk around this entire career fair booth. But if we can set it up online and because that is the world that we've had to figure out how to thrive in, we are getting so many applicants from all over the place. So we're a St. Louis based company. So we have a ton of slew applicants. We have a ton of Mizzou applicants, but now we're getting applicants from up and down the coast because wow. it, it levels the playing field. It makes it so much more equitable. Are you, are you guys taking resumes? Yeah, we're taking resumes. We're taking resumes, but I will say LinkedIn carries a lot of weight. LinkedIn carries a lot of weight. So make sure your LinkedIn is popping. It should be popping. Drake, what was you about to say? Nah, I mean, I really can see that, you know, having it virtually, even though I did say I thought it was boring, um, I can see how it is starting to become more and more because it is, it's virtual. And like, we pretty much have the internet at at the tip of our fingers. Every phone has the internet. So there's no reason for real, for real, honestly, why you can't attend these fairs. And things, so I think that's I think that's good. I think that's dope. And honestly, I think we should stick with that because, like you said, when people can't get to those conferences or get to those places because you don't know what type of means they have at the moment, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they're not qualified for that Absolutely. position. You know? Absolutely, and that kind of opens up that door. So I agree. I think that's dope. Yeah. So let's say okay, I've submitted my resume. I've applied for the position, but guess what? These companies y'all really not hiring. What I'm finding out. Or what I've seen. Companies are either hiring internally. Mm-hmm. The jobs aren't publicly posted. Okay. Or the positions are highly competitive. You've reached. You've. Since since everyone is going through this pandemic. Where you would normally hire. You know. Have five or ten applicants for this role. You have 50 to 100. Yeah. And all of them are like good. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Help me. Because I need a job. yeah we've definitely gone from you know hunting to gathering if you want to think about it that way where we're not out here searching but we're almost gathering you know all the applicants that come in almost like when they say it's a buyer's market or it's a seller's market exactly exactly and so i mean to touch on one of the things you just brought up so internal candidates and this is always it's a tough one because I can empathize with someone who is an external hire and it's like, okay, all these people you're only hiring from internally, but to empathize with someone who is in a company and who is serving a company, it is a good thing to see people being promoted and elevated within the company. So that's, it's a double edged sword. And I do see, I could see both sides of it, but you know, I would say I um, like working for a company where I see people being promoted internally, because what that shows is that you are developing your people and there's a trajectory to leadership or success or whatever that looks like for that person. So let me give you guys a quick story. I was looking for a job last year and it was posted publicly and I applied for it. I went through interview one, the phone interview. Then I went through the face interview. Then I went through another face interview. Then I would talk to the vice president and everyone loved me. Oh, we love you. I can't wait to get you here. Then a week went by, didn't hear anything. Another week went by and I get the call. 
So we've decided to take the role and divide it up between people that already work here yeah. and give them this. And I'm, you know, at that point, what can you do? I don't work there. Okay. Yeah. But here's the kicker. Three months later, when I get a new job, hey, are you still available for this? We we tried that other way and it didn't work out. And I'm like, yeah, no, sorry. Look at you. What's, what's up with that? I mean, I, I came out on top. Yay, me. But, you know, it's like they, they drug me through. Yeah, you said knock, knock, knock. Don't come knocking. I really did. Don't like, come knocking at my door. Yeah. I know that's right, but. You on your own, man. <laughs> Why don't you divide it it's, up between eight more people? You know, and, and some of those conversations sometimes are above me. But what it comes down to is this is a business. And what makes sense for the bottom line? Does it make sense to divide this job up? split it up between three people, give them all, you know, a little bit of a, of a bump in pay, three to 5% increase. Or do I bring you in as a subject matter expert who is going to run me for my mm-hmm. money? Mm-hmm. And I'm not, you know, and again, those conversations are above me. I, I don't pay people. I just try to, you know, I give them t-shirts. So I need a medium. I got you. I got you. That, that's great. Trend. Okay. <laughs> but I, David, um, don't 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 start with yeah. me. I, but I can definitely see how frustrating that is. Yeah, yeah, see this. David, right? don't start with me. You know, I was gonna give you your props. You, you know, congratulations to the Groupon shopper. Thank you. I was gonna let you live. That's what's, what it's about. But today we're Groupon? talking about jobs. I know, so leave me alone. Well, well the audience is happy to hear you this week. So I know. Leave me alone. Leave me alone, David. So Ashley, let's talk. You see y'all see how I just pivot? You know, when they get all round, you just go with that. So, uh, so like man. Let's talk about black people in corporate America or Ooh. the corporate world. What mm. you got to say about the black people, David? Mm. What you got to say about the black people? Well, according we to We ain't too far away from Black History Month, so come on with it. Well, according to the statistics that I'm over here reading, Dre, black workers make up 12% of entry-level jobs, but their numbers shrink to 7% just one step up the career ladder into their first management role. And it says the share of the black people in the population, if you guys didn't know, 13.4% is approximately 30 to 40 million of us. Mm -hmm. So why is it? It's hard to get us in there, but when we get in there, it's even harder just to move up that rank. And if any of you... Go to your company's corporate websites and look at that top leadership position. A, you may not see a black person, which I'm going to get Ashley to talk about because her CEO and president is different than most. But when you do see the black person, normally, are they like the VP of diversity and inclusion? And that's it. (laughs) Oh, y'all ain't got that at y'all places? Go look at those maps. Yeah. Are those, yeah, uh, yeah. That is definitely an issue throughout corporate America. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I am black. What? Uh, I am in corporate America. You better tell them. So this is something that I am very passionate about. And you're right. That is what a lot of org charts look like. I am. That's the word, org charts. I said yeah. map. Mm-hmm, yeah. That org chart. Oh, bro. That's um, you didn't say anything, Dre. It's organizational strategy. Ashley, back to you. Yeah. So, but with that, so, and as you mentioned, um, you know, my company talk is the Dave. largest. Talk about Dave. Yeah, is the largest minority-owned company in the country. Oh, that's dope. And so, um, our chairman and founder is a black man, and that's something that I'm very proud of. Um, thinking about our executive team, our executive team is. I would say decently diverse as it relates to both it. race and um, gender. So that, that is good. I will say there are certain teams where we are actively trying to make it more diverse. Yeah. And you know, it's really interesting because I had this conversation with um, someone on the team about diversity, recruiting, diversity, hiring, and what it boiled down to is that diversity recruiting and diversity hiring is a business imperative. It's not 
community outreach and that is my job is community outreach and and I had this conversation because I get pulled into a lot of these conversations and I'm like you know what we're doing is not charity nope. okay what we're doing is the right thing to do however it is also the right thing to do for this business because as we create technology as we create solutions if you do not have a diverse workforce you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. Mistakes and oversights are going to happen if your workforce is homogenous. And that's a fact. So if we are going to be in the business of innovation, innovation cannot happen if there are not multiple lived experiences contributing to the conversation. So... I wanted to tie, to tie this together for our audience. You're living through a pandemic. You're looking for a job. You find said job. And now you need to find what's going to keep me here. Mm-hmm. And as a black person, what we're finding out is there's either a lack of support, advancement, inclusion, diversity, individuality, even representation. Yeah. So can you tell us how the employee engagement portion comes into that yeah and so and really that's going to boil down to the company culture and what the company makes important right so it's one thing to think something's important but unless you make it important it's not going to it it, it, it's only going to carry you so far so by making it important means making it a priority putting resources behind it having executive buy-in that is what's going to be the game changer and I think what I heard you saying is you were describing how do you find yourself to be in in an inclusive environment yes and you know we say it all the time diversity and inclusion diversity and inclusion but if you don't find mentorship if you don't find allyship if you don't find just you know somebody that you can have in the office Mm -hmm. that makes you feel like you belong there that's 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 gonna be what keeps you in a job and you know I joke a lot one of my good good friends at work one of the first things that made me feel like I belonged at my company I remember I started and you can see I have this natural curly hair on my head My hair was bone straight. I flat ironed it. You know, we're not taking any chances. But summer's coming up and I'm like, Uh humidity. Yeah, your girl needs a protective style. What we gonna do? And I remember pulling one of the um, women who is now one of my really good friends, pulling her aside. And I was like, hey, girl, so I'm finna get these box braids. Uh-oh. I was like, is that okay? And she was Ashley, like, what happened to you? And she was like, girl, go get your box braids. Go get your faux locks. Go get your, your twists. Do whatever you want to do. And I was like, are you serious? And she was like, yeah. And maybe a month into having a box braid. So the box braids, you know, they long because, you know, you don't get them if they're not long. They're long. They fuzzy. You Beyonce. know, they're, they're really lived in. And I remember the leadership team asked me to report at one of our corporate updates. And I was like, oh my gosh, this goes to the entire company. This is thousands of people. Uh-oh. And I got these braids and I'm like, I can't get these braids out and get my hair done in these next 36 hours. What am I going to do? And I talked to one of um, one of my former colleagues. He's no longer with the company, but a black man. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to put them in a bun. He was like, no, wear them down. And I was like, are you sure? And he was like, walk out on that stage, present to the entire company, wear your box braids down, because what you're going to do is be that representation that someone in this company needs to see. You don't know who that person is, but they need to see you, a black woman with box braids down your back, presenting at that level. And that was so powerful because it's like I needed that encouragement, but not even realizing the platform I had. So finding that inclusion, finding a space of belonging is what makes a difference. Now that's really dope. Um, it kind of reminded me of something that we kind of touched on recently at work. It's called the crown act and don't quote me directly on this, but it's pretty much just stating that, you know, a lot of jobs can no longer discriminate based on the type of hair that you have. Correct. Is that yeah. the New York 
like a, it was a law that was passed in New York. Yeah, correct. Yeah, and it's slowly making its way across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going to ask you, Dre, like you, a black man who has curly tendrils at work. <laughs> tendrils. How does that work? Oh, work is good. No, I'm talking about being a black man with your curly tendrils. Yeah. Like, do they like, Dre, do you put them up in rollers at night? Or, no, actually. Like, I, but honestly, for real. Do you find people are coming up to both of you asking questions about your hair or is it more so? No, now that we're in this business professional environment, we see the way that you guys are carrying yourself and acting. I, I, I wouldn't even bring up your hair. It's about what you bring to the table. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, have there been comments? Yes, but they're positive comments. And okay. I think that's something that, you know, people are like, don't talk about my hair. If I look cute, tell me I look cute. And anybody can tell me that. I don't I don't mind. Hashtag I look so, cute. If you if you know you look good today, thank you. Dre, they tell you, know. you you look cute at work? Nah, they don't tell me that. Um <laughs> nah, <laughs> not at all. Um, but I, I do agree that, you know, um when I'm at when I'm at work and I wear like my hair out in the messy like didn't comb my hair, I just took my hair out on camera in these meetings and things, nobody says anything to me. Um and I think that's also because my director even though I work in the field of education, my director is black and no issue, not a problem at all. Um, literally I said, I just got my hair done yesterday. Shout out to my stylist. Um, and I was in a meeting with my one with my supervisor and I had like clamps in my hair, like the middle clamps for your hair. And are you serious? I'm so serious in the meeting, in the meeting. And she didn't say anything. The first thing she said is like, I cannot wait to see what your hair looks like once you take like the clamps out. And that was it. So to me, I I didn't take no offense to it. I thought it was pretty cool. She don't. She didn't say anything. Okay, Ashley, you say something because I can't. I've I've never worn clamps. It's still a professionalism. That's like even the worn clamps. I I understand that, but you have to. You will get these twists, (laughs) pre-twist out. But I've never, I've never worn a clamp. Walk up in there with the little thing around your neck. Still, you gotta understand that. You gotta understand the world that you work in, and I really think that that's what it comes down to. Like I understand the place that I'm in. And I'm in a very unique space, um, you know. So I, I have, I have that liberty, and okay, I've been able to. Here's do another that. liberty, you know. For the longest, I've forgotten how to spell my name, so I want to get it tatted across my neck, and then get like two teardrops, or get a teardrop for every company I've left. You think that's accepted? <laughs> you are so funny, like um, in, you know, Cargill, Owens Corner. Yeah. He's in a unique space. <laughs> so, um. I work at a technology company, so tattoos and piercings are not atypical. Um, Now, the issue with said tattoos and piercings is overcoming what may be a conscious or unconscious bias that of a hiring hiring manager. So, um, I mean... That that's a tricky one because at our company, yes, we see tattoos, we see piercings, we see we see all these things, but you know, tattoo across your neck, teardrops for every company, you know, that vested your four hundred one k, it that's going to be. We can't tell you no. However, mm-hmm. say it. Whoever you're sitting across from may react and that's something that we can't control but we try to combat through you know our various conversations and trainings and so. I, I absolutely i agree with that statement wholeheartedly like you really have to understand and with me working in the field of education you know i look like the students so the students are more likely to talk to me so it has been it, it, it's worked for me like i wear i have tattoos um one of my coworkers said it was so refreshing Dre, for you to come in and not be afraid to show your tattoos because we are afraid to wear them. And I'm just like, well, once you hire me and once I, it's a, it's a different, it's a difference between trying to get in the door. But once I'm in the door, I'm in here. You're getting your full, you, they're getting your full you, you. Yes. And you have to find a reason to let me go. And if your reason is not justifiable, then we have an issue. I, and that's one thing that you cannot like question is my work ethic or the things that I do at work because I get the job done. So that's different. Um, and then just living in the world of virtual reality that we are in now, you know, a lot of these times, a lot, I mean, you sitting in the, you sitting behind a camera 
and sometimes you you're in the meeting, you'll cut your camera off, you know, or they'll sit there and they'll have their camera on and you get to see like them in their apartment. And you see sometimes you see them in their rarest form. So if I see you in your rarest form, you're going to see me in my rarest form. And like I said, working in education, that's that's really what builds that bond and that rapport right. with the students. So, you know, understanding your audience, understanding who you're talking to, when you're talking to them and things like that. Now, don't get me wrong. Back to the whole hair clips. I will never go to a presentation where I'm actually presenting in front of like national people at a conference right. with those things. But since me and my supervisor have that type of rapport, okay. I know I can do Because I just feel like your supervisor like, don't worry, you will never present like that because I'm not inviting you to present. No, my supervisor can't. But no, do- I know. She's yeah. cool. So here's a question because our audience, you can't see it right now, but on the next episode when you do see this, Dre just had a diamond implanted into his forehead. Don't do that. So, Dre, how does it feel to walk around with this diamond implanted in your forehead? I, I don't. Do not let like, David sit here and tell you why. If you see it, no. it's blinging right now. And he's been going to look, work. Little Uzi like Dre. This. Oh, no. Oh, absolutely. Little no. Uzi Dre. I no, love that. Uzi Dre. No, 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 no. So, have, has anyone told you, wow, you're, you're blinging? Um, when my when I wear my earrings, yes. No, we're talking about the one in your. I forehead. don't have anything in my forehead. David. Audience, you will see in the next episode, and you're gonna be like, "Wow, hey, mate, hey, Eli, make sure y'all digitally insert a diamond just twinkle. in case, right see? there, a little twinkle and glisten." Yeah. Nah, I don't. Mm-mm. Okay, so as we're going through this, and we're you know we're starting to finish up. What Dre just talked about when I get in the door, you know, when I'm trying to get through the door, y'all gonna get one me, but when I'm in there, you getting all of me. So what are some of the pitfalls you think you see from applicants when they are trying to get in the door? And it's not just on their application, but just overall. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm going to speak to an experience just because I work a lot of times with um, young people, students. Spell something wrong and I'm not looking anymore. Like doing spell check is one of the easiest things that you can do. It's free. It's free. I talk like I text. So I need to text my application. So I think it's, I think it goes to this thing called code switching and you got to understand it and you got to know when to switch it up. No, we're not talking about code switching. If if you're writing and you misspell a word and you don't take the time. No, I get that. To check your spelling. Spelling has nothing to do with code switching. Oh, yeah. No, I get that. I definitely do get that. Miss, if you, as soon as you misspell something, I'm, I, I, if you don't have the time to spell check, I don't have the time to read this. No, that's fair. Do you know I've seen someone misspell their name on an application? Also, another thing. Y'all, wow. Y'all don't be putting your contact information on the resume sometimes. How do I get back in contact with you if I want to give you this you? job? Also, um... Again, because I work with students a lot of times, if you are not in a position to answer the phone, do not answer the phone. Hello? Yeah. Wait, wait. Y'all want to give me a boom? I'm sure that's how. Exactly. Only David go to techno clubs. Exactly. Exactly. I've had kids. I've had kids like out out on the yard. I hear the bang. Girl, why you answer the phone? I'm in the middle of a step show. <laughs> hey, yeah, we can. I can do that, Dave. Exactly. Let us go to voicemail and we'll get back to you. Do not answer that phone. But another thing that I think is so easy um, that people could do, use the language in the job description. That's, I feel like that's just such an easy one. And then because what you have to think about as a hiring manager, I probably wrote or contributed to this job description, right? I'm describing yep. that I need, you know, red, yellow, blue. Okay. If you have blue, red, yellow, make it sound the way I wrote it because what's going to happen is I'm going to see it. It's going to trigger. I'm be like, exactly. This is exactly it. what I want. And it's just take that time to tailor your resume each time when you are um when you are applying as far as the interview research the company yeah that's that's a hard one that's because i mean i found out with this last round companies actually ask you so why did you apply to this position what is it about our company that made you apply and i'm like why is you here your value i need a job <laughs> why is you here your yeah mission. research the company and then i mean research who you are interviewing with if you if you that's a good have one. the access go check out their linkedin see what they've done oh 
you were a part of this organization. Me too. Look at that. Now we have a rapport. We have something in common. Do some research. Do some research on the job, the company, the person you're interviewing with. And that those are a few tricks that you can really carry forward. Tell me if this is legal or not, because I heard this as a tip and I'm not sure. I've heard for you to copy the job description onto your resume and put it in white uh, Mm -hmm. font. Put it down at the bottom and put it in white font. And then when you put it in LinkedIn or whatever, it's going to search for code words Mm -hmm. and all the code words are going to come up because it's on your resume. Is that legal? I've heard this and I am not a lawyer. I don't know. Great answer. That's good. But would y'all like interview me? Because I, I, I matched everything that y'all wanted. Like, 100%. I'm the only one that comes back 100%. I don't know. So, for all y'all out there, somebody try it and then, like, DM us and let us know if it worked or not or if you went to jail. Just, you know, let us know. I don't know if it's jail worthy. Y'all going to tell all the companies, do not hire. Know. Again, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. We got to get a lawyer <laughs> on here. We got to find this out. Is there a way for companies to make their application process easier more friendly for um people to apply because i have gone this is i'm a linkedin person mm-hmm. so when i go to your website and you have me copy my linkedin over mm-hmm. and then you go through and then ask me all of the same questions over and tell me to upload my resume mm-hmm. i'm like this is a 30 plus minute process yeah. that my linkedin is answering literally yeah i mean Y'all just want to see if we can type? Well, no, because so there's a couple of things to consider. So we want to see your LinkedIn because usually you can find out a lot more about a person from LinkedIn than you can from a resume. So your LinkedIn is useful. Um, We collect the resumes because generally when you are applying for a role, we, we share the resume with the hiring manager. So that's kind of like that tangible hard copy that someone could take into um, an interview with them. As far as typing all of your information in, could it be more efficient? I'm sure. But I mean, you also have to think about that is basically you're building out your profile within the company. So if and when you are hired, you are entering all of this information into the system. So, I mean, tedious, yes, but. Uh, Okay. I would say I I heard um, the reason why you have to do that is because like some, some, hiring processes it goes through like a system and it like you said it picks out those keywords and even though you typed it on the resume your resume goes to a whole like you said a whole different person versus the machine like the machine or the software will run that through for them to pull your resume and from there it goes on and on yeah and i mean you have to understand that there are a few different people looking at your documents so there could be a recruiter, there could be a sourcer, there could be a hiring manager. And so like, if I'm the hiring manager, I'm not looking at what you typed in on the computer. I'm looking at your resume. I'm looking at your LinkedIn. Um, But as, you know, a recruiter or a sourcer, I may be compiling all of this information so that I could move you through the process, whether that be like through your background check or through whatever else is needed so you can move forward with the hiring process so again it's it's tedious and it's tedious on both sides okay so So you're saying just stick with it you're looking for this job do it yeah put the time in it yeah so as we wrap up today what's some what are the words that you would give to someone who's coming through the pandemic as you guys know the vaccines are starting to roll out I'm vaccinated. And I am too. And Ashley is halfway there. I'm halfway there. So what advice do you give to them saying, hey, it's time to get off that couch. It's time to start going to apply because companies are really looking at your resumes, are really looking at these applications now. There are companies that are hiring and there are a lot of industries that have been truly, truly devastated by the pandemic. But there are companies that are hiring. And so what I would encourage people to do is make a list of what it is that they want to do, what it is that they could see themselves doing, and go look at some roles that may feel uncomfortable. 
because within those roles, you may find that you have the skill set to succeed, but it seems very out of your, um, out of your wheelhouse. Um, another piece of advice is stay ready. So you ain't got to get ready. How about that? Get, get your resume ready, get your LinkedIn ready, be ready to have those conversations. And also you have to network because half of getting a job is who, you know, build out those networks, start those conversations, find those things that you have in common. Professional development organizations like Nesby and BDPA are, you make so many great relationships. Very true. And most people like to put other people on. Sure. Yes. So you have to build out that network because, and the thing is, it may not even be, something at my job but if you know me i know you and you know somebody else we can get you there we can figure it out but you have to stay ready and you have to do your due diligence you know again spell check get grammarly do it i'm telling you right now um but do your due diligence and do the work and you know there are opportunities that are you know starting to bloom out of this storm that we've been in. That's what I love to hear. Dre, anything else you want to add? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like you said, just get it. You got to, the first start, the first step is to get off the couch. Um, and there are a lot of positions that are, um, company and a lot of companies that are offering more and more positions, especially like work at home positions, but you won't know until you do that. And then when she said, um, a statement about looking for things that's going to make you uncomfortable, you never know if you can do those things. You have to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. Put yourself in those spaces because those are one of the some of the best places to be because you get a chance to see yourself grow mm-hmm. and you learn a new skill and that's something that you can take and you can put that in your back pocket saying that hey I learned this when I ain't think I can do it and look at me now. Yeah. You got to get up, get out, and get something. That's what I'm hearing. Ashley, thank you so much. Thanks for, for having this. me. We, we kind of talked about a lot in one episode, but I think these are real gems and nuggets that people can really use to get out there get through there was a pandemic depression there was a pandemic struggle now you know the jobs are out there but you want to make sure you come out on top so don't just go take any job go find the right one and put in the work to get that right absolutely ashley thank you would you mind staying after for our dm slide sure help us answer that sure All right, so we're about to do the DM slide. So y'all know the DM slide, this is every week we have a topic that's sent in by an audience member, guest, whatever. And this question, it comes from Anonymous, but it's actually from Twitter. So it says, ladies, if you own a company and your husband is out of a job, would you step down from your position as the CEO for your husband to take over? I feel like we should go to you first, Ashley, as the lady. I mean... Um, that's just the least you guys could do, right? Why? Because he doesn't have a job. David said it. I didn't. Why? I mean, but if this is my company, why would I step down from my company for him to assume a role that may not even be right for him? Why would I do that? Because he's a man. Oh, well. (laughs) And this said it all. Well, (laughs) he he can come work for me if he wants to. Oh, so he would have to work for you if he wants to, or he can stay at home. Well, if I'm, if I'm, if him? I'm the CEO, maybe he want to, maybe I he want to be a little house husband or something. It was your idea at first, but he's the man now. He's the head of the household. Look, so can he be um, the head of the the, the career as well? The the he can be a regular sized house husband. <laughs> he could be a little house husband, little house husband or something. Little house, little house you know. I mean, if you want to be a big house husband, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a, that's a lot of, um, uh, toxic masculinity I'm hearing and we don't, we don't, we don't welcome that at least for me and my marriage. What about you, Dre? Let's hear what Dre has to say. Um, I, I definitely, (laughs) (laughs) I, I wouldn't mind being a house husband, you know, you, your company, you, you CEO, that's cool with me. I hey, that's fine. I'd be at home. I'm playing the game. I'm chilling. I make sure the house is clean. Take care. But I wouldn't want her to step down for me to take over. No, that's selfish of me. And then if we're married, that means we're in this thing together. So what you got is what I got. 
So the way I look at it, because I'm, you know, I'm joking around. That was the question. No, nah, he but was serious. It's, 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 I'm not, because I was raised and I've grown up in households where you have different people take on whatever roles. So if my wife is making more money and is running her own business, who am I to make her step down from that so I can have a job? Either I go out and get a job. Or like, as you guys said, you stay at home, you take care of the family, you take care of the house, you take care of whatever needs to be taken care of. But let's pivot that and let's talk about, okay, so we've decided to do that. Now, one of the people in the relationship is getting a job, a job offer, et cetera, across the country or in a new location. And it's a great job for them, but it might require you to pick up your bags and leave your position. Mm-hmm. Do you continue in that relationship? Do you do long distance? Or do you say, this just isn't going to work because I like my job, so I wish you luck? That's for me. Yes. I mean, it really depends on the type of relationship you're talking about, right? Are we boyfriend and girlfriend? Are we just kicking it? Okay. Or are we married? Because speaking from the stance of a married woman you have to have the conversations with your partner, with your spouse to figure out what you can handle. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, what you described is like a great job, great opportunity, sunshine and butterflies. Yes. And you know, for the other party, it may be some disruption. You then have to look at the pros and cons of relocating You have to look at also what your family structure as it relates to being provided for, as it relates to your goals that you may have set, you know, for retirement, what that looks like. Right. And so if this becomes something that is like, you know what, we can, we can, we can shake it. We'll be okay. I don't see what i don't i don't see why you wouldn't go okay if it becomes something like we can go but we're gonna be eating ramen that may be another conversation um what's wrong with ramen everything i i I will never make too much money where i don't eat ramen and i will and i have well you know what i do you know what let me stop lying let me stop lying i do like ramen but i like to jazz it up i put like vegetables and stuff in yeah i ain't mad ramen is ramen no matter how you look at it, I stopped after. But I but here's but here's the thing. So if if we're at point A, mm-hmm. and we eating you know, t bone t bone steaks, eggs and Welch is great. But then we go out to point B, and it's fish fillets. Not saying ain't nothing wrong with fish fillet. I personally like a fish fillet. Mm-hmm. But if it is uprooting our lifestyle, that that has to be another conversation. And so when thinking about the career goals. And how that would affect the career goals of the party that has not been offered the job. Right. You have to weigh it, really, when talking to the second party's company. Is this something that they can handle? Are they going to be able to hold on to their job? Will they be able to find a comparable position in the new setting maybe they can find something better in the new setting maybe it's bigger and better for everybody those are just conversations you have to have but um again that depends on the relationship so like if we just go together i may have to see you later oh well so i think we always talk about it as as far as a woman having to move for a man so dre if your partner gets a great job in zimbabwe um honestly I think, like Ashley said, it will have to be a conversation that we need to have because I need to sit down and know, you know, what's out there for me. And yes, I'm going out there for you because the position is good, but am I going to still be able to be fulfilled while I'm out there? Absolutely. And whether that's me, you know, sitting down having a conversation saying, hey, we go out here, I'm, I'm going to be the one that's working and you take care of the house. You know, I could be my little house husband. Little house husband. You know, I can, I can be that. Um, but if that's, if that's the conversation and that's what we agree upon, then yes. But if, can if I throw this not, to you? Is there a relationship level for you to do that? Cause you said house husband. So that's, does that mean marriage or would you do it with fiance? Would you do it? I with, mean, I mean, it really, it for three weeks. I mean, it really just depends because I do know people out here who are in long-term relationships and who don't like the title of marriage. 
You know, it just depends on what our end goal. You. The commitment. Yeah, your perspective. our end goal. We're talking about your perspective. My perspective. It depends on the commitment level that we have talked about. Those are conversations that we not already had. Whether we decide that, hey, we want to get married, we're going to get married, or no, we're going to be in this and we're going to be committed to each other, you know, without that marriage. But there is a understanding because we set those boundaries and that's a conversation that we agreed upon. Then, yes, you know, I think it, it all starts with that conversation. And when for me to uproot, uproot and move, I love moving. I have no problem with that. But I have to make sure that I'm still able to be me while I'm out there. And that's if if she has a ring on her finger, y'all are considered what? One. But yeah, I know that. But what's the word for it? We when you walk down the aisle. Married? Yeah. Y'all know that St. Louis in a Murray. Said, I did. Like, I did hear. You hear it. that? He like I did Murray, hear it. my merch. I'm like, he been to St. Louis. Okay, Dre. Absolutely not. That's Mur- how we sounded. DC's that merch. Roll it back, Mar. Is that the Mar? Is that the Merlin? Right. Uh, I ain't from Merlin. I know, but, but yeah, Merlin. It, yeah, Merlin, Mary. Yeah, it's all the same thing. Baltimore. So, I Baltimore. Think, I think we've answered it. Baltimore. I think we did this. Yeah, I think we did good. Um, yeah. Is it? What's your perspective on it, David? Because you, you know, I actually gave my perspective. I said I'd move. I know I didn't. I yeah, exactly. I did. it's Look a, at you. It's been late. It's long, mm-hmm. y'all. No, you know what? I've seen the opportunities, and I've done the um, the long distance, and that ended the relationship. So I think going into the future, I would consider it because I am in a career where I think I can find something. But I, I do think as you get older, you become more selfish, and you're looking out for yourself. And so even though this is great for you, and you can get all of this done, I need to know can I find something? Because mm-hmm. for my career, for my field, there are certain cities and areas that I can just never move to because there is nothing there for me. So I have to think, is that a place that I can be successful or not? But I move, you know, take care of the little kids as a little house husband. Yeah. Yeah. house husband. Do what I got to do. Yeah. Well, Ashley, thank you today for joining us on this week's version of the Perspective Podcast. Dre, Hit them up. You know what yeah. to do. So, yeah, just make sure y'all tune in. Make sure y'all follow, subscribe, all of our social medias. We are on Instagram at the.perspectivepodcast. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify and Google Podcasts as well. Also, this little app called Podbean. So, feel free to do that. Also, we have a YouTube channel called The Perspective Podcast on YouTube. You'll see it. Um, it's a little globe with some headphones. Um, and it says The Perspective Podcast in red. Make sure you also, um, on our Instagram page, there is a Google form. Fill that out, hit us up, slide in our DMs, give us questions. We are here to answer them, and we are here to give you our perspectives each and every two weeks. That's what we like to hear. So, audience, thank you. Ashley, thank you. Thank you. Dre, thank you for embracing that inner St. Louis today. I All right, did, we'll I see y'all later. Never be it. Come in, bro. Ha, see. From the loop and the no,